heart rate variability has really come to the forefront in the last 40 years as being the most important biomarker for tracking health and recovery on a regular basis, and not just health and recovery, but resilience. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we cover the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning for schools and emotional intelligence training in the workplace with tools, ideas, and strategies that we can all use for immediate results. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator with a passion for learning, specifically on the topics of health, well-being, and productivity, and we launched this podcast to share how important an understanding of our brain is for everyday life and results, whether we're a teacher or a student in the classroom or working in the modern workplace. For today's Brain Fact Friday, I wanted to revisit a topic that we've covered once already on the podcast, heart rate variability, or HRV. We covered an introduction to the importance of understanding HRV back in April of 2021 on episode 125 on what is HRV and why is it important for tracking health, recovery, and resilience. I wanted to go back to this episode and the basics of HRV because it's such an important number to measure and understand, not just for health and recovery, but for resilience. Recently, I found myself not being able to explain what HRV is or knowing exactly how I can manipulate it to improve my own results, leading me to take a closer look to what it is or go back to HRV basics. So what is heart rate variability? And why is it considered to be the most important biomarker, which is a measure that captures what's going on in a cell at any given moment that can serve as an early warning system for your health? Unless you've been training with a forward-thinking coach, you're an elite athlete, or someone who's taken a serious interest in measuring their performance, most of us aren't talking about HRV. From the name, you can tell that it has something to do with our heart rate. Maybe you're like me and you even measure your own HRV and you've even studied it to see exactly what it is. But when it comes to explaining it to someone else, when asked, you say, oh, it's just an important number to know. When I heard that Dr. Rabin, a board-certified psychiatrist and neuroscientist, would consider HRV to be the most important biomarker for tracking health, I knew it was time to revisit HRV closely so I could better understand it myself and explain it to others with more confidence. I wondered, what is HRV again? Why is it the most important biomarker for tracking health, recovery, and resilience? What tools can I use to measure it? Besides clean eating, sleep, and rest, how else can I improve this important number? Can I dive deeper and look at my HRV and see if I can manipulate a higher score by doing things a certain way when I'm experiencing a high-stress day or having an off day? How can I stay motivated when life is difficult to keep pushing forward and have more high HRV days than low HRV days? So after reviewing episode 125, where we covered the basics of HRV and why it's so important, I remember this number measures a person's ability to bounce back from stress. Kristen Holmes and Emily Capitalupo from Whoop are HRV experts, 
And they remind us on their most recent review of HRV on the WHOOP podcast that it's the timing between the beats of your heart and that the variability comes from the sympathetic side where we take action and the parasympathetic side where we rest and digest. Our goal is to find balance between the two parts of our autonomic nervous system. When there's balance, we'll see a lot of variability or a high HRV that tells us that our nervous system is balanced and that you have a lot of resources that are available and ready to use. This is why more and more athletes are using wearable devices like Whoop, or there's also the Aura Ring, so they can wake up and see their score and gain some insight into this number over time, using it for their training schedules. If you wake up to a high HRV score, then you know it's going to be a good day, with lots of resources available to you, whether you're an athlete training for an event or if you just want to operate at your highest capacity. When your HRV score goes down, it's because one set of the inputs, usually the sympathetic or the action-taking part of our nervous system, is dominating, producing cortisol, and then the parasympathetic side isn't getting heard. So why is understanding this number so important? Now that HRV has been explained, what it is, and I feel good that I've got a solid understanding of what a high score means, I have more capacity to perform versus a low HRV score where I'm not as balanced as I could be, I wanted to review now why this number is so important for measuring rest, recovery, and resilience. I listened to Whoop's most recent podcast on HRV Insights, where they took all their HRV-related podcasts and gave the highlights on one episode. And I heard internal medicine and journalist Dr. Bob Arnott say that HRV is the best overall marker for biological age. It's how springy your overall autonomic nervous system is. And world-renowned HRV expert Dr. Daniel Plews said that knowing your HRV gives you more bang for your buck when you train. And then WHOOP's Vice President of Performance, Kirsten Holmes, who joined us on episode 134, agreed, saying that you show up with more capacity to training and that it matters what you did the day before for next day capacity and next day HRV. So a higher HRV number is what we want to look for if we have a day where our performance is important, not just for athletes, but also an important number to watch for our productivity in the workplace. Will Ahmed, who's the founder of Whoop, warns us to avoid comparing your HRV to someone else's because it's a me versus me number and that we should be concerned with our score only versus our baseline and not ever look over a shoulder at someone else's numbers. So what tools can we use to measure this score? Before measuring my HRV with Whoop that has a yearly fee associated with it, I started with a free app on my iPhone, and it felt accurate and a great place to start. Then I moved to measuring this number with Whoop when I was preparing for interview 134 with Kristen Holmes, and I decided to purchase a membership and try it out. So how can we improve this score? There are many articles you can read that will give you tips on improving your HRV, But world-class stunt guy, Steve-O, told Whoop that he swears by his high HRV score with mindfulness and meditation, which made me think beyond what we already know with clean eating, sleep, and exercise. 
While researching HRV on a deeper level, I got an email from the Rewire Fitness app that I've been using since episode 179 with the CEO of Rewire Fitness, Sun Sachs, and he created their first to market neuro performance mobile app for athletes. And the email said that I'd been entered into a contest to win a prize, and the prizes were actually ones I could really use. The email said that the more I used the app, the more entries I'd have into this contest, and I thought I'm in, thinking that maybe I could see if I could increase my HRV levels with an increased usage of this app, but adding something else to the plate is easier said than done, even with these phenomenal prizes. Even though I'd been using this app regularly since our interview last November, I have to say I wasn't using it twice a day like Jacko said gave him his noticeable HRV boost, and I was sometimes skipping a day. But this contest motivated me to take this all seriously and test out whether using the app twice a day consistently could manipulate a higher HRV score with predictable results that I could use in the future when I needed. So here's the results. Day one, on Friday, July 24th, I took the Rewire Fitness App Readiness Test that you take first thing in the morning, and it takes just a few minutes and involves hitting a key where you see a shape that appears on the screen, and you've got to tap the shape as fast as you can. And this test flagged me with a high cognitive fatigue score. It also showed low scores on the physical track, but my emotional track was looking good. I was tired and the app picked it up, giving me a readiness score of 53 at baseline, which was congruent to how I was feeling. With this new understanding of HRV, after reviewing it last week, it would make sense that my HRV score would be low, and I went over to the Whoop app to see, and it was. You can see on Friday, my HRV score took a dip down to 58 from 96. Remember, if you do measure your HRV, don't compare it to mine. 58, that's a low score for me, could be a high score for someone else. The Rewire app had me do a mindset recovery program that included guided breathing, binaural beats, self-talk, subliminal priming, and visualization. I did two meditations for this day in addition to what I was already doing in the morning. So let's go to day two. The next day, Saturday, July 25th, I woke up, I took the two-minute readiness test as usual, and all my scores, cognitive, physical, and emotional, had improved, giving me a rating of primed with a score that went from 53 to 63. A quick glance at my Whoop app showed that my HRV score went up just slightly from 58 to 63, which I was hoping to see. I did do two meditations on the app suggested this day in addition to what I already do in the morning. Day three, Sunday, July 25th, I went to bed and I wanted my score to be higher the next day so I could make a case for Jacko's theory that meditation and mindfulness really does improve your HRV score and show how the Rewire app could take me from tired to rewired in one weekend, but I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Not that I doubted the app, but when we're measuring something like HRV, there are so many different variables that can affect this number. Emily Capitalupo mentioned on the WHOOP podcast that if you're slightly dehydrated, this number can go down. So I did everything I knew of to raise my HRV on Sunday night, 
and Monday morning, I woke up to an increased HRV score of 85 and a peak score on the Rewire Fitness app that went from 53 on Saturday to 88 on Monday. So from this weekend experiment, it was clear that meditation and the mindfulness exercises did increase my HRV number, giving me more resources to draw from on Monday morning. If you're measuring your HRV score over a long period of time, you can play around with this number to see what brings it up and what takes it down. Obviously, when we eat clean, we get enough rest and sleep and hydration, our scores go higher. Test it out and see what makes your score go higher for you or lower. The CEO of Colonel, Brian Johnson, says his HRV goes up higher when he sings. While my singing isn't good enough to increase my HRV score, for an important biomarker for tracking health, recovery, and resilience, I do plan to continue to do whatever I can to keep this number high. Which brings me to motivation. Because there's times we just don't feel like doing the activity that we know is important for our health and everyday well-being. I often have days like this, and having a system that you can draw energy from within yourself can really help. To review motivation, I revisited Clayton Christensen's groundbreaking and best-selling book for motivation in the classroom, Disrupting Class, where he reminds us that motivation can be extrinsic or intrinsic. Extrinsic motivation comes from outside the task, where a person might learn to do something not because they found the task itself stimulating or interesting, but because learning it would give them access to something else they want. This would be like me using the Rewire Fitness app that I'd gone off course with in order to win the prize I wanted, or the salesperson who makes extra sales calls to earn a higher commission, or the athlete who trains hard to win that trophy at the end of the season. The motivation comes from outside the task. Intrinsic motivation is when the work itself stimulates and compels an individual to stay with the task because the task by itself is inherently fun and enjoyable. And I noticed this happening after using the app for some time and seeing my results go up. I really started to enjoy doing the meditations and brain training when I could see how it was helping me to improve. The motivation came from doing the task itself. Just like when we exercise and start to see how great we feel, it's really hard to stop once it's a part of our routine. I thought about what was motivating me to begin using the Rewire Fitness app twice a day to increase my HRV like Jacko said worked for him. And it was interesting because although I knew it was an important part of my day to rewire my brain, sometimes I would forget to do the readiness assessment in the morning, even though it just takes a couple of minutes. But the minute there was a contest to use the app with prizes I could really use, I suddenly became highly motivated to use this app. I was extrinsically motivated by the contest. And like Clayton Christensen reminded us, this makes learning something new much easier. I was motivated to win the prize, but when I saw how much the app improved my HRV, I suddenly became intrinsically motivated, and using the app alone without the contest was enough. Contests are great motivators and a good way to jumpstart someone to begin taking new actions. Do you know what motivates you? Looking deeper in motivation, I thought back to when I worked in the motivational speaking industry 
And Bob Proctor was always talking about how he signed up for this yo-yo contest to win this red sweater he really wanted. He kept saying, you've got to want the sweater to remind us of why we do what we do. He became a phenomenal yo-yo master, as close to a pro as I've ever seen, just to win this red sweater. So what's your red sweater? What motivates you to do what you do? The key is to figure that out, and then whatever you're doing becomes so much easier, whether it's adding a mindfulness and meditation app to your day, or just going back to the basics with clean eating, sleep, and nutrition. You can draw on the energy from your red sweater or whatever it is. And before you know it, you don't need the contest or the red sweater. You'll be taking action without the need of a prize to motivate you. Until one day, life knocks you off course. It's always good to know that you have your red sweater to draw on. It's a predictable way for you to stay on track, keeping your HRV levels high. So to close out this week's Brain Fact Friday, did you know that heart rate variability has come to the forefront the last 40 years as being the most important biomarker for tracking health and recovery on a regular basis, and not just for health and recovery, but for resilience? What is HRV again? HRV is the timing between the beats of your heart. And that variability comes from the sympathetic side where we take action and the parasympathetic side where we rest and digest. And our goal is to find balance between the two parts of our autonomic nervous system. When there's balance, we'll see a lot of variability or a high HRV that tells us that our nervous system is balanced and you have a lot of resources that are available and ready to use. If you wake up to a high HRV score, then you know it's going to be a good day with lots of resources available to you, whether you're an athlete training for an event or you just want to operate at your highest capacity. If you wake up to a low HRV score, you'll need to draw on the energy of whatever it is that motivates you, your red sweater, to keep you moving towards health and wellness. I used the Rewire Fitness app to show I was able to go from tired to rewired and raise my HRV over the weekend, setting me up for a strong week with lots of resources available for improved performance that next week. And I've got to say it came in really handy because it was a challenging week and I needed to be mentally sharp. The key in raising HRV to attain this resiliency and sharpness is to pick what makes you feel good what makes you feel happy and healthy, and track this score and see what you notice. With time and trial and error, you should be able to get predictable results and do what you need to do to increase your HRV levels that will give you more capacity with whatever it is you're doing, as well as more recovery and resilience. I hope you found this review of HRV as helpful as I did. I'll see you next week with Howard Rankin, who's returning back on the show for the fourth time to talk about his most recent book, Falling to Grace, as well as Dr. Ashok Gupta, who will share with us why an understanding of the brain is important for eliminating chronic pain and chronic disease. I'll see you next week. 
If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 